Hey, Canada Stamp folks. Welcome to another very belated edition of Missouri Swagger. This is episode 15, I believe. I'm That's Dennis right. Hopeless. And I'm Cullen Bunn. Why is it so belated, Dennis? Because I have been out of town every single week, a weekend at least, uh, since Halloween, just before Halloween. And every week we have a conversation. When are we going to record? And then either we can't, we don't make it work or make a plan that doesn't happen. I think we, the last couple of weeks we just gave up. Uh, so if you're wondering why. I gave why up on I'm, you a long time ago, my friend. A long time ago. If you're wondering why I'm yellow and in a very boring room, it's because my children are asleep. So I'm recording from my bedroom tonight. And my bedroom is the one spot in this apartment that gets no energy put into how it looks. <laughs> That's what I. That's what she said. <laughs> I said how it looks. Oh, oh well. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. This is not where the magic happens. <laughs> um, that's so, that's yeah. what I want on the Missouri Swagger T-shirt. Mine is going to read Dennis Hopeless's bedroom is where it gets no energy. <laughs> well, I haven't got like almost nothing about my normal life has gotten much energy for the last month. Like my. I went out of town with my beard trimmer because uh, for Halloween I went and uh, went to Iowa and dressed as Razor Ramon at Aaron Gillespie's um, wrestling themed birthday party, and so I I took my trimmers because I cut my beard really short, and then I used you can take a a cork you can set a cork on fire with a candle and use the blackened cork to blacken in your uh, your stubble to make dark beard hair because Razor Ramon has black hair, and then I sprayed my hair black. Well, something exploded in the bag that had in the toiletries bag that had the uh, trimmers in it. So when I got home, I washed off the I don't remember toothpaste or what the fuck it was that exploded, and water got inside my trimmer. And so, unbeknownst to me, it fried the battery on the inside of the trimmer. And if I can't record Missouri Swagger, I sure as shit can't go to the store and buy new beard trimmers. So that is why I have this no shave November horse shit going on right now. I'm going to look like Papa Smurf by December 1st. Because uh, it's very, that's why I keep it so short. It's very white and it's very curly. Yeah, it's not good. I'm turning into a hobo is, is what I'm saying. All I know is at some point Cindy's going to walk into my office and catch me with a cork blackening my gray stubble. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh, well, we should do that live. That would be more on my hair, my head. I could blacken the the stubble on my head. It made me look like a super creep. Uh, so Jasmine was like, "That costume is awesome. I hate it because my hair was black and my skin tone is really bad for for dark hair and beard. And it made me look a little bit too much like Razor Ramon. So I just looked like like a skeevy creep all night. Well, I saw uh, the pictures. Well, also, okay, so. Initially, we went to a Black and Brave wrestling show. Black and Brave is uh, uh, Seth Rollins of WWE. He owns a wrestling school in Davenport, Iowa. And they do a really great local wrestling promotion. Well, we went to that. But they had that event at a steakhouse, like it, where the, where the like, country line dancing area of this bar and steakhouse normally is. The wrestling ring was there. So... We walk in and it's like bright lights, people are eating steak, and I'm dressed like fucking Razor Ramon. So I had an NWO shirt on because it was cold that night, and I was going to take it off, but I'm like, how am I going like, to get mostly naked in a steakhouse while these people are trying to eat dinner? <clears throat> so 
So I'm sitting there in, you know, wrestling trunks. So basically like panties, a bunch of gold around my neck and a a red vest with a horrible sex offender facial makeup stuff going on. Not that Razor Ramon is a sex offender, but he sort of plays one on TV. Uh, Scott Hall, I guess, is not a sex offender. This has gone on a weird path. Anywho, uh, didn't feel comfortable taking off my clothes. Well, then I ate a bunch of food and drank a bunch of beer. So that made me feel less comfortable taking off my clothes. So I didn't take off my shirt and become actual early 90s Razor Ramon until we got to the bar district. Well, Iowa City is where uh, Iowa University is. So we're walking down a, like a cold college student bar district at 10 p.m. And I take off my shirt. So I'm, I'm in a, just a ridiculous naked outfit. And like the very first like bro college student I see says, put some fucking clothes on. And that was my introduction to the evening of Razor Ramoning. Did you erase a Ramona's face? No. Uh, Jasmine was dressed like the Undertaker, and she berated him heavily until he walked away, which was amusing to me. Uh, so, yeah. Anywho. Um, we entered a costume contest as a group dressed like all of these 90s wrestlers, and no one was interested. We, we lost very badly. Who won? Who won? Yes. I mean, someone who was playing to a crowd of 22 year olds, I think like, I think I don't remember what it was, but I think our costumes were a little dated for the crowd. But mm. it was fun. That sounds fun. It was a good time. A good time was had. But anyway, so yeah, uh, I lost my trimmers. Trimmers don't work anymore. Beard is bad. Don't have a good beard. I have a good hair. Don't have a good beard. Um, and yeah, I've just been trying to get my what little work done I can between Tuesday and Friday early afternoon every week as I keep going out of town. Yeah, uh, and and isn't it shocking how fast this month has gone by? Yeah, well, it's been it's been the worst. Well, and I mean, one next of the places Thanksgiving. Yes, and I will be out of town for Thanksgiving as well. Um. One of the places, one of the things that I did was I went to the Big Adventure Festival, which is a comics, comedy, and music festival in California. Um, last year it was called ID10T Fest. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember that. So it's really fun because you're, you know, you're set up in a comic con all day, and then at night you can go, or like I guess you have to take a break to see the comedy because it's in the afternoon. But like Pat Oswalt was there, Jim Jeffries, um, a bunch of great comedians were there and then at night there was uh fun concert acts happening um they're not like cold war kids played uh i'm not gonna remember empire of the sun uh i can't remember everybody played but yeah so this is an awesome concert to go to and then there is a edm room that you could go dance to electronic dance music afterward which I enjoy and you would enjoy, but most of the other comic creators just mocked me. So well, they don't uh, invite me to dance conventions. Well, so. do you want to come to that next year? I, you can come with me. What, I'm going to be your plus one? No, I'll just tell the guy that runs it that you want to come. It sounds like a, it sounded fun last year. I thought I told you last it's year. Super it's super fun. It's super fun. So I'll, we'll I'll, see. I'll see what I can do. We'll see. Keep me in mind for next year. So anyway. Jasmine is from 
Thousand Oaks, California. That's where she grew up. And so after the con, we went to Thousand Oaks and hung out with her mom for a night and then flew home. And like four days later was when the Thousand Oaks shooting at the, uh, the bar happened. And that, so that dance club, which is like a, it's like a line dancing country bar. Last Christmas we went there and hung out. Like I've been to that bar. Jazz like had her 21st birthday there and has been there a ton. Oh, man. So when, yeah, the day that that all stuff came out, she woke up and is like, I can picture this happening because I've been there so much. I can imagine what exactly what it must have been like. And then like three days later, the fires hit. Thousand Oaks. Yeah. So it was when we were there, it was hunky dory. And then, yeah, it's been a nightmare ever since. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, that's scary stuff. Yeah, just awful. Um, so I brought that down. Yeah. I, I, Wait, I just went on a whirlwind tour of my thoughts just now. Yeah, you did. That's good because I don't have very many thoughts. You have um, some thoughts. You're just I, to share them because you don't want to burn us all with the fire of your hatred. No, I don't have that much hatred. <laughs> I went. <laughs> I've gone through. Uh, a lot of hatred this past uh, couple of weeks. Maybe you, maybe you level me out. Um, I've thought a lot this past few weeks about just, just letting everyone know what I know about the comic book industry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wouldn't that be something? And it would, uh, it would, I'm just like a, a step away from just revealing all, you know, because there's so much dumb shit that happens. And I'm just like that close. And then I realized now I should probably um, rein that in. I mean, the thing is, you could, wouldn't, uh, there'd be no positive benefit. Oh, it'd make me feel better. In, in the moment, I don't know. It'd make me feel much better. I don't think it would. My- <laughs> I promise you, I promise you I'd feel fantastic afterwards. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're right. It wouldn't, uh, it would serve no, well, it would definitely serve no long-term purpose. Hmm. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I went to a, uh, comic convention in Wichita. Oh, the air uh, capital con. I've been to that air capital con. That's right. Did you eat at, uh, the scotch and sirloin while you were in Wichita? I did indeed. Did you? Yeah, we did too. Did it look like it was a burned out husk of a strip club when you went in? I don't. I I was very drunk yeah. the one time. It's the one time a, I, I've never actually sat. I've never actually set up at that con. I, Ryan oh. Stegman was there one year, and I drove down to see him because I was busy. It, they always do it when I'm doing something else. It's the only right. Reason. And so I went after the show. And while everybody else was like packing up and finishing the show, I went to the bar. So by the time we went out to eat, I was uh, a couple sheets yeah. to the wind. And I, so I don't remember. I just remember going there. Yeah, we went to, so driving in to town, we drove by the sign for Scotch and Sirloin. And uh, I was with my friend Josh, who runs my local comic shop, The Comic Cave. And as we drove by, I said, that sounds like the kind of place I'd like to eat dinner. And looking at it, we thought it was closed because it was such a, I mean, it was a dump. I mean, right. it was just, it looked like a, a concrete bunker. Um, it even had blacked out windows. So I had thought that maybe the Scotch and Sirloin had been turned into a strip club. Right. Um, but everybody kept telling us it was one of the oldest restaurants in Wichita and a great place for steaks. 
So we tried it out and uh, walking in up until the point you walk in, you think you're, it, you know, I mean, it, it really looks like, like something out of escape from New York. And then you walk in and it's very nice inside and they had delicious steaks and delicious beverages. And it was a great place to eat. Well, Wichita, the people of Wichita and that convention, I find to be delightful. So I'll oh, say yeah. Absolutely. before I go, Wichita is a shithole. It is a terrible, terrible city. Like I, it is, it is just the most, and maybe it's, my experience with downtown and my experience with driving through Wichita and the road trips I've been on when I've spent time there, but it is just like the most soulless apart from Topeka, Kansas, which is also a terrible fucking place. (laughs) It is one of the most like uh, hideous soulless, like cigarette burn on a map town that I've ever been to. I don't know if I would go that far. Uh, I, I mean, found it's that, not called Kansas Swagger, Colin. We don't have to be nice. That's, to no, I, I still I don't know that I'd go that far. But I do feel like uh, the tr- getting around in Wichita was a nightmare. Like you had to go around your elbow to get to your thumb everywhere. It's like, you know, you want to get across the street, you got to drive <laughs> a mile and a half in some other direction. And that was a little annoying. I also got a speeding ticket on the way to Wichita, to Air Capital Con. So, uh, Who was in the car with you? Josh Roberts, oh. who runs the Comic Cave. I bet he was very uncomfortable for the half hour after you got a speeding ticket. Uh, no, I was. I took it in stride. I deserved the ticket, and I haven't had a speeding ticket in twenty something years. So it's 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 about time for one. But uh, but it was an expensive ticket, yeah. and uh, it put a damper on any thought of making money at that convention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's the thing about uh Big Adventure is it's a it's a this is second year of a show and it is a show that is largely populated by people that want to go see the comedy and the, the music and they're figuring it out. They're figuring out how to get more people invested in the comic show part of it and you know you're able to sell some stuff. I think artists sold some things, people who could have prints sold things. You're not going to sell a lot of books cuz people don't want to carry books around. Right. Also, I fly Spirit when I go to California because the, the tickets are dirt cheap. But the moment you start taking boxes and bags with you on Spirit, it becomes a much more expensive airline. So I can only take what I have in my bag. So it makes it a thing where like, I'm going to be at my table so that people can meet me and see me, but I don't have enough stuff here to make back my plane ticket. So how much, how invested am I in that? Which right. is a weird feeling when you go into a show knowing you're going to lose money. That's that's every show I go into. Well, if they fly you out and put you up, it's yeah. No, if they if they you know with travel it it helps, but uh, and putting you up in the in the hotel and stuff. But I had a you know I had a good time. We played uh we played some Cthulhu Wars with some of my uh, Kyle, my favorite creators. Yeah, uh, Kyle Strom's uh, your favorite creator. Who? What? Kyle Strom's one of your favorite yeah. creators. Is yeah, Baltimore there? Yeah, Baltimore played Scott there. Yes, uh, and Chris Grind. I don't. I'm trying to and Buster Moody, but a bunch of them just watched us play. They didn't uh, play themselves, and they egged egged each other on. And I realized that those guys play Cthulhu Wars a lot, and I am not in their league. They play it so often that it is not fun to play with them. Yeah, because they, they, that is a game that is unique in that every faction. It's basically. Elder God Risk, for those of you who don't know what it is. It's an elaborate, like, 
Lovecraftian risk game where you yeah. try to take the world. But every faction has a different elder god and has different functions and powers, and the way you win the game is different for each one because of that. So if you sit down to play this game with people that play it all the time, they not only know how to play it better than you, but they know the faction you have better than you yeah. do, and they can it, – it's horrible. Yeah. They, yeah, and they know each other's styles of play a lot better. It was a, I mean, but it was fun still. Um, it was all right for me because as I walked into the hotel, to, we were playing like up on a second floor of the hotel, like a, a big lounge area. And as I walked in, there was a group of people who were drinking moonshine in the lobby, and they said, "Hey, do you want some of this moonshine?" I was like, "Sure." And they gave me a whole bunch of moonshine to take up. So I was, I was a. Uh, I was moonshining it up while I was playing Cthulhu Wars, so I could tolerate them a little better. Um, I did hear a lot about Missouri Swagger. A lot of people who listened to the show came up and talked to me. So thank awesome. you to the Wichita, Kansas, 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 Kansans, Kansans, Kansas. What is it? It's Kansans. Kansans. Yeah. Kansans. I to, see, I went to college in Kansas, so I know a lot about Kansas. Well, I heard a lot of people say they really appreciated it and liked it. Um, another creator, uh, Jai Nitz, wondered why we have not talked about him on the show yet. We're have we not episodes in, and he thinks he needs a regular guest spot. All right, Jai, here's your guest spot. The problem, okay, I love Jai. Jai's a good friend. Jai's mouth doesn't stop running. So <laughs> if we put him, if we put him on this show, we might as well just turn our cameras off and let him go. So well, one of these days we will. We'll bring Jai on and we'll just say, we'll start a topic and then we'll get out of the way and let him talk. And you can see our facial expressions while Jai tells the story. Um, that's a good idea. I like this, this idea. I, we took, Jazz and I go to uh, music trivia every Tuesday and we took Jai with us to music trivia one, one time. And Jai, number one, knows a lot about trivia. Number two, knows a lot of, about music and is the same age as the guy that runs the thing. He right. answered every question himself. He would loudly sing many of the songs after they would play the clip to himself. He won. He lapped the field. Like he beat the, we usually get second place and he beat the people that get first place above us by a hundred points. But it's like, this isn't really a team sport when you play Jai. Um, so yeah, Jai has a lot of personality. Um, and yeah, we so we talked about him a lot now. And yeah, so there much. you go, Jai. Hope you enjoy it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, speaking you, of Jai, you know, we said we were going to talk about this picture. Um, we should oh, talk yeah. about this. Uh, I don't know. We've been sitting on this picture for how long now? Mm, I mean, eleven years, twelve years. I'm not sitting on it. I remember it being a thing when it came out. It's just nobody cared about any of us. Yeah, but it's a fun picture to to look at uh, with all – because, first of all, look at your hair in this picture. I'm going to throw it up so that people can see it. Okay. So look at your hair in this picture. In that picture, I – what year would that have been? I, I think it was – It was one of the Hurley cons. Yeah, it was a, it was a Hurley con. I'll bet you this picture was t- 10 years old, so – I bet it was 20, 2009 or 2010 because that recent? I, I was at a HurleyCon. The last HurleyCon is when I had Legion of Monsters. I had just gotten Legion of Monsters, and I was talking to you about 
getting Marvel work because Marvel was just starting talking to me. You were a step and a half ahead of me because you'd you'd gotten DC work and Marvel was talking to you about stuff. You were supposed to do Defenders and were in the in talks for that and somebody. They gave it to Matt Fraction. They gave it to Matt Fraction. And you didn't know who was going to have it yet. You had just been told that a swinging person above you had taken it, and you were not happy. Well, that Um, was the call. That was the call I got, is is I pitched Defenders, and I I, I was doing a book called, uh, it was for Fear Itself. mm -hmm. uh, It was Fear Itself Defenders. Right. And, and, uh, and I got a call and it was supposed to lead into an ongoing defender series. And I got a call and all they told me was, yeah, swinging Dick came in the room and took defenders from you. And, uh, and then they changed fear itself, the defenders to fear itself, the deep. Oh yeah. I remember that. You were not happy. No. And, and no, no one took it by the way. Fraction called me not long after that and said, this is how it all went down. No one took it from me. He didn't know I was writing defenders. He just knew there was a, talk of doing a defender's book and he said hey how about me so well and that's the the thing is you hear these stories that sound really nefarious and what you find out is that the people in editorial there's a hierarchy and they work in an office and there's a lot of things going behind the scenes we don't hear about so by the time it gets to us it's like oh everything has changed and you got screwed well i mean sort of we just weren't privy to all the conversations and all of the miscommunication and all the stuff that happens in an office it's usually not as like sinister as uh, you can make it sound if you want to, but nine at the time, nine times out of 10, it's not sinister. Right. Sometimes. I mean, there's, there's but even that one time it is sinister. Right. Um, uh, what's funny about fear itself is that the, that was the first event where the mini series and the spinoffs sold horribly. And that was the thing that was going on when you and I were first getting our feet in the door of Marvel. So right after that, they're like, no more miniseries. Yeah. And we're guys at the miniseries level, like, oh, shit, I just quit my day job. <clears throat> yeah, that yep. was not fun. Yeah, was all right, so it was that recent then. I, it, you're right. I remember talking to you about uh, the Legion of Monsters at that convention. So, okay. When I gained a bunch of weight when I started trying to pare down my day job and do freelance because I was really stressed out and I would eat these things that were, they were, I called them double pig sandwiches and I would take two hot dog buns and open them out and I would put bacon on both hot dog buns, uh, Dijon mustard, a bunch of mayonnaise, and then like a quarter pound of ham. And I would eat that every day. So I got really heavy. So I mean, the reason I'm in the back of that and the reason I grew my Justin Bieber hair out, which Kyle Strom calls a pumpkin pie haircut, uh, was to try to hide the fact that my face was growing sideways on me. Um, well, I seem to, to have gained a thousand pounds since this picture was taken. Oh, you always look exactly the same. You just think... seem pretty thin in that. Seem pretty, uh, pretty svelte. <laughs> I mean, I put myself... My mother taught me the trick uh, long ago that if you don't feel good about how you look, get your ass to the back of a group photo. Because the people in the front are <laughs> and the only person the only person who jumped right to the front is Brian Hurt. He's like, boom, <laughs> I'm out here, baby. Uh, it's funny though what I've uh, what I have found, and you can kind of see it going on in that photo is my mom's trick works, but it's also the case that from the back, your perspective on where the lens is is skewed. So oftentimes it looks like I'm hiding behind someone else's head. Yeah, there are lots Do, of pictures. Kind of look like you're growing out of Kyle's shoulder. 
Yes. And sometimes you can't see it. There are pictures of, it's supposed to be like me and Jasmine and other people. And it's Jasmine and like a little beard and an ear and then other people. So there are downsides to being a bag. Well, this picture reminds me that once I was young. You weren't young in that picture. I wasn't. I, was still I remember that you guys were all mad at us. Um, because uh, right after the convention, we said, hey, let's all stop at a, at this Mexican joint. And we all stopped at a Mexican joint. Or, well, Brian Hurt and I stopped at a Mexican joint and had margaritas. And then when we got to uh, Jeremy Hahn's house, Brian was mad that nobody stopped. And he walked in and told everybody they were bullshit. And I don't think some people in the room didn't really know who Brian Hurt was when they got kind of bent out of shape that the stranger was walking in going, you're bullshit and you're bullshit. <laughs> well, anybody that got bent out of shape about that is ridiculous. I definitely didn't care. I think that's also the same night that <laughs> Kyle came up with the vaginits monologues because Chai was telling a really long story. That sounds right. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That was a good time. We used to, yeah. Uh, so our friend, little background information, our friend Jason Hurley, who runs Hurley's Heroes, which is a comic shop in Joplin, before Hurley's Heroes had a storefront, he did a small comic convention called HurleyCon. And for a few years, we would go down. And um, basically, we would go down, have fun at a con for a few hours, and then eat ourselves stupid on local chicken wings. And that oh, was, yeah. Think, those were good chicken wings. Yeah, really good chicken wings. That, Kyle... <clears throat> would probably still go down to HurleyCon and be the only guest in order to just eat the chicken wings. He talks to about get those wings. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? Sorry, this one's kind of rambling. We 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 just wanted to record something because it's been so long. We'll we'll get our ducks in a row and have. That's what we said last time, Dennis. No, last time we talked about Halloween. Last time we had, we were we were weirdly not on the same page. It was hard to get a conversation going. This has not had that problem. We just don't have a lot of direction. Because we were trying to talk about how, like horror movies, and it just did not go well for whatever reason. I know somebody on Twitter said, "Please, please, please talk about movies again." And I can't be sure if they were making fun of us or not. <laughs> I think that they probably were. Maybe not. I don't know what people like. So, so I got to tell a swagger story. It's your night for swagger stories because I'm running. I'm running out. I don't have any swagger going on anymore. Well, I'll tell one. It takes place around the same time as that photo. Um, it is the story of how I met my girlfriend, but it was long, long, long before she was uh, even a friend. I didn't. I didn't learn her name the night this happened. Um, so it was one of my very first Marvel parties, and I believe it was the New York Comic Con after that Hurley Con. I go to a Marvel party and I was under the impression that a person needs to stay at a Marvel party until the Marvel party ends because, you know, you want to be seen. I have since learned that most of the editors show up early and then leave when they open the doors to everybody. So the time to go is at the very beginning, say hi to everybody, do your schmoozing and then either stay or don't. But at the time I closed it down. So I'm, I'm leaving the Marvel party alone in the middle of the night the marvel and the bar where the bar where they do the marvel party in new york is sort of in Times square or very near Times square so walking back to my airbnb which was in hell's kitchen by the convention i'm walking through Times square where there's lots of people and lots of lights and then past Times square then through a very dark area where there's nothing and then into hell's kitchen 
So as I start to head toward Times Square, this gentleman who's probably a foot, probably nine inches shorter than me, at the time I definitely outweigh him by 100 pounds, walks kind of, kind of slows down in front of me, looks over his shoulder and, and spots me and smiles and then turns around and starts walking backwards doing like a little shimmy, talking to me like smiling at me, making eyes at me. And I'm like, okay, well, this guy's flirting with me. He seems to be on something or drunk or whatever. I'm pretty drunk. And I kind of smile at him and like, you know, what's going on, buddy? And he just, just kind of making eyes at me or whatever. And this goes on for a while. And then he starts bouncing off the wall of the building next to us and kind of rubbing up against me. Like he'll bounce off the wall and then bounce into me and slide kind of, and I kind of chuckle it off after a while. And I'm like, all right, I right, man, I'm not interested. Like you can, you leave me alone. <clears throat> and then he gets a little more aggressive with it. And uh, eventually I got to a point where I was like, listen, you need to leave me the fuck alone. Like I don't, I'm not, in, I'm just trying to walk to my hotel. I'm interested in whatever it is that's going on here. Please leave me alone. Cause he was, he, he was just very touchy and kind of like making weird noises, not talking, but smiling and making weird noises. And I was starting to get uncomfortable. So, eventually I'm thinking I get to a place where I'm thinking this guy's getting more and more aggressive. I don't want to attack a tiny man. (laughs) Like I don't want to attack this stranger because he's flirting too aggressively with me. Like that's going to make me really uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I, I, you know I mean? He's not hurting me. He's not doing it, but at the same time, he's very annoying. He's not really communicating with me and I'm beginning to be really uncomfortable with this. Well, while this is going on, I'm passing through the most trafficked part and the heaviest uh, touristy part of Times Square. And I see Mike Costa, who is another Marvel creator and a friend of mine, or at the time, I think I just met him. Um, And he was talking to a young woman out in front of this hotel. And the guy had kind of paused behind me to talk, like he'd stopped and I thought he was going to leave me alone and I'm walking past them. I see them and say hello. And apparently they saw on my face that I was uncomfortable, uh, but kept walking. And I thought, I'm not going to interrupt that to tell a story of a tiny man that was annoying me. Like this is silly, right? <laughs> then as I go another block, I'm heading into the dark area where there's nothing. This guy takes off running past me gets in front of me again and then like really gets like chest to chest with me and starts doing whatever. And I realize like, I'm not, I don't want to get physical with this guy because I think that that's overreacting at the same time. I'm about to be in an eight block walk where there's absolutely nothing where if this guy wants to mug me, he's going to mug me because I can't, there's nothing to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't go into a deserted area with someone who's doing the, the Axl Rose shimmy up on TV. Right, well, and like wild eyes. And, and the, the person, he stopped and talked to somebody who also looked a little shady, like before when I thought he was going to leave me alone. So I had to make the decision. I'm going to turn around and tell this person I just met and a, strange, a stranger that he's talking to that I am afraid of what might happen with this tiny man. Uh, so I turn back around, I go to Costa and I'm like, Man, this is going to sound insane, but I'm being followed around by a very small man. I think he's just flirting with me. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, his eyes are a little wild. He seems a little fucked up, and I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm afraid I'm going to get to the dark spot up there and get, and get mugged or something. So 
the woman says, well, this is my hotel. Come in here. We'll tell security and they'll get rid of them. So we walk into the hotel and a lot of these hotels in New York, the lobby area is not the lobby of the hotel. It's just a space to get into an elevator that takes you to the lobby. So if you walk in off the street, you're not like inside the hotel. So we do that. We walk in, we go to the elevator, we get in the elevator and turn around. And as I'm, as the elevator doors are closing, the guy sprints in, stops just shy of the elevator door and says, do you want to, do you want to hit me? And then the elevator closes on him while he's standing there with his hand in his lip. Like he was trying, I don't know what was happening. He clearly was into the idea of meeting aggressive with him. And then he just stays there at the edge of the elevator. We go up and there's like a, um, a balcony where you can look down and we watch him just standing there at the edge of the elevator. And the woman goes to the security desk looks at the security guard, looks back at me and says, so there's a guy outside that's been following me around. Cause she realizes that she says following this big goofy dude over here around, they're not going to care. So security goes down and tries to talk to the guy. And then while they're distracted that Mike Costa calls me a cab and I get in the cab and leave. And I've told that story for years. Cause it's really weird. Jason Latour calls it this, my sexual chupacabra story. Cause he thinks that guy's a sexual chupacabra. <laughs> Uh, and I've told that story for years, but I, you know, that, that way I just told it was, was how I did it. <clears throat> well, Jasmine was my editor on WWE and at, at first she doesn't work with the company anymore, but when she reached out to ask me if I wanted to work on the book, she said, Hey, I don't know if you remember this, but we met in New York a few years ago and then proceeds to tell me my own sexual chupacabra story. Like, Hi, I'm Jasmine Amiri. So I met my girlfriend like, I don't know, seven years before I actually knew who she was when she saved me like, like daredevil on the streets of New York. <laughs> from a sexual well, that's a, uh, I don't, you know, I've never heard that story and it shocks me that I've never heard that. It seems like the kind of story you would have told me a bunch, especially it's as a- many times as we're walking around New York. I feel like you would have said, Hey, guess what happened to me? This one time. I, I'm amazed you haven't heard it. it. Well, it's a very, like number one, my Missouri swagger is definitely what attracted him. And number two, my bumpkin ass, like, Oh, I'm in New York going to get mugged. Uh, <laughs> it's the only thing that got me into that situation. He uh, probably saw you come out of a room, a bar full of comic book creators. And he said, that guy's got a lot of money because he's a comic creator. And I'm going to get that money. I'm either going to seduce him for the money or I'm going to mug him for the money. It's just impossible to know. And, you know, I'm glad I didn't attack him because he didn't, he never laid hands on me. He was just being very aggressive. I mean, you know, it was a weird situation. Suffice it to say, if he had seduced you for the money or mugged you for the money, he would have been disappointed because (laughs) you were probably broke at the time. Well, Here's the weird thing about it. And Jasmine and I have talked about this before. The reason Jasmine started following me on Twitter is because, like, she met me that night. Because Costa right. told her, this is Dennis Hopeless. The way that she decided that she wanted to hire me for, for WWE is she knew my work from Avengers Arena and for Spider-Woman. And she searched her Twitter feed to see who was tweeting about WWE. Right. I was tweeting about WWE. Which is why she reached out to get me the job, which is how I met her. Which eventually, so I would never have had a WWE job and I would never have known a girlfriend if not for the sexual chupacabra in New York seven or eight years ago. 
which is really strange. Wow. Serendipity. That's a good story. I'm glad you shared that one with us because I had never heard it before. It's a good one. So, well, there you have it, folks. That's another Missouri swagger in the books. That's right. Dennis, tell people where they can find you online besides this episode of Missouri Swagger. I'm Dennis Hopeless Comics on Instagram, uh, Hopeless Dent on Twitter because I created my Twitter before I realized I was going to have a career. Um, those are the main places. And then Missouri Swagger. Unlike you, I don't have nine other YouTube shows. Jesus Christ. No, they're all, pod- they're all uh, podcasts. They're not YouTube shows. So there, you. there's no video? There's no video. Not even on the whiskey or the tequila one? No, I think we should do video on the tequila because I think uh, it would to see my face when I do a shot of tequila would be uh, wonderful. Um, so we'll probably add video to that at some point. But right now, uh, Dennis is talking about my podcast. Also on Nerdy Legion Network, if you guys are uh, listening to this as a, as a podcast, uh, I have Tequila Cast where a neighbor and myself uh, – and, and frequent guests do shots of tequila and review them. And, uh, and also my wife and I are starting, uh, a podcast called live from the bungalow where we talk about, uh, our lives and how she regrets marrying a comic book writer. And, uh, and other than that, you can find me on Twitter at, at Cullen bun. So, and there's not that, see, that's two other podcasts. It's two and they're wonderful. Well, I feel like you're announcing new ones all the time. And I think it's because I don't ever want to record. That's what I felt like when she said Live from the Bungalow was announced. I'm like, oh, this no, is not, we, for not being around. Cindy, Cindy actually was part of a podcast uh, a while back, and she really enjoyed doing And then she stopped doing it, and she kind of she, – she since then has said she would like to do something new like that. So uh, we're going to do one together. Well, if she decides you're not a good enough partner for it, I would be happy to, to come in and maybe you could guess. Maybe you could just take my place. You can step <laughs> in like, uh, like a host of an NPR radio show. <laughs> you can step in and take over for me. So I would be the, right, Kel- the Kelly Ripa of the bungalow. I would come in as a co-host and then just take the motherfucker over and be there for years. You should. You should. Since we haven't even recorded our first episode yet, I I like thinking about who's going to replace me. (laughs) All right, right, folks. folks, We we appreciate you listening. Uh, Like it. Follow it. uh, Review it if you're listening to it. And we'll be back. We're going to get back on track doing these more regularly. Yep, absolutely. See you. Thanks, everybody. Bye.